The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! Getting ready to go see the Tours and the Dirt Bombs. I've got my Third Man Records socks on. I've got my Third Man Records shirt on. I've got... That's, that's, that's it. I, that's those are the things I got. But I am pumped. We are going to go see them. And, uh, yeah. So, let's, let's mosey on to do that. Here in Burlington Coat Factory, getting Ariel some concert shoes. I feel like I'm on a Mr. Rogers field trip right now, and we're off to the races. Uh, we're traveling with Josh and his wife, and uh, Ariel's getting some shoes, some good old concert shoes to be a little more comfortable. So, and uh, then we're headed out. All right. Hey, I'm Ben Blackwell, one of the co-founders here at Third Man Records, celebrating our 10th anniversary here April 6th, 2019. Beautiful weather so far, the sun is shining, we've got a really, really great day planned. All of our ultra ticket holders get a nice handy dandy swag bag with beautiful contents. Limited edition Rackin' Tours 7-inch single. A collection of third man postcards. And a random selection of test pressings from my closet. This one specifically, this is the Dead Weather Dodge and Burn test pressing. All that and more today at Third Man Records 10th anniversary celebration. Boy, I sure hope James is having a good time at the Third Man Records 10th Anniversary Celebration in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, that's right, Jasper. Oh, you rascal, you. Jasper, I remember back in 2009. Oh, it was a simpler time. The dead weather 
were still alive. Young Barack Hussein Obama, the Hussein is important, was just settling on in to his first year in office. Oh, those were the days, and I can't believe that ten years has passed, Jasper. Oh, that's right, boy. Oh, you got my number good. Oh, what's that, Clasper? Oh, Clasper. Oh, you know we can't talk about that. No, the courts have still indemnified me against all that. Yeah, I guess I'm just sitting here, waiting for a call. Wait, ooh, ooh, what's... Oh, hey, what's that? Glasper, Jasper, that might be James. Okay, so we are hearing live now from the Third Man Records 10-year anniversary party in Nashville, Tennessee. I've got with me on the phone James. James, you're on the ground. Can you tell us what you're seeing right now? It's it's really big. There's a big balloon. Uh, it says Jack Ryan on it. Wow, that is uh, very nonspecific. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's uh, it's great. We're at um, we're at Third Man right now at the 10-year show. We just uh, we just saw. Soledad Brothers got to see Dr. Walker on stage, so that was really cool. Excellent, um, excellent. Now, uh, did you recognize any of the songs, or were you just kind of absorbing the uh, the blues of Mister Mister Doctor? <laughs> uh, they uh, we we had the last song we heard was uh, "Going Back to Memphis," uh, which is a a very good very good song. was uh you know trance it was great um we had to leave though the baby was <laughs> the baby inside ariel was not uh not doing so great so it was kicking too much it either loved rock and roll or it was too loud so it, we bid dr walker adieu and uh, we are waiting <laughs> outside now uh outside the blue room by the bathrooms uh, there are uh a triple deck or not triple decker there are uh, tricolor records uh resined into the floor so wow. that's fun yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, it looks like some people have tried to chip them out. And <laughs> well, so tell us a little bit about what it's like. So when you arrived there, what what was the scene? How did the uh, events unfold so far? Yeah, so we got here and the, uh, the clear bag uh, policy was in effect where you can only carry clear bags. But we had gotten word that you could carry a purse, but it was only clear purses. So Ariel's purse got flagged. Um, huh. We scrambled... Uh, I took everything from her purse, put it in my pocket, uh, including her purse. I crumpled up her purse and put it in my pocket. Uh, my pockets were very full, and uh, I said, this is the best I could do. And the, 
they were like, all right, I'll tell you what I could do. I could wand her, and uh, I'll wand you, and if anything goes off, it'll be fine. And as she's wanding me, I go, yeah, it's, I'm sorry, uh, she's pregnant, and we have to, you know, she has medicine she has to carry and stuff. And she goes, oh my god, she's pregnant? Well, why didn't you say so? There's a, you could carry a person. Uh, there's a rule where you could carry a person if you're pregnant. Oh, so, wow. Well, that worked out. We got in, yeah. Uh, we got our wristbands, um, got right in line for the Blue Room, saw Ben Jenkins. I uh, didn't get a chance to say hi to him yet, but um, we also saw Ben Blackwell. Yeah, doesn't, well, real quick, doesn't Warstick have okay. a truck out there today? They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, uh, where you can get shirts and posters and stuff. Uh, ben was over there. Ben Jenkins was over there, so we got to see him there. Um, like I said, I didn't get to say hi because he walked away before I got there. Uh, as Ariel said, um, he uh, he saw me coming and he left. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, we we got to see Ben uh, Ben Blackwell. Said hi to him. That was awesome. Yeah, you got a picture. Uh, it looks like I saw the yeah, I saw the photo. Yeah, yeah. he uh, we talked about the podcast for a second and said he said uh, we should check back in with him soon um so that's cool i wanted to get ben to, to say uh that we're, i'm not a poser anymore which he did say when i met I, when i talked to him he's like oh you're not a poser anymore so i, I need i need recorded proof of this so, wow yeah. well Good time, though. that is great you you <laughs> oh ben did, is, is that what he said Yeah, you don't know who I am, but I know where you live, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a totally um, normal conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Todd Albright got on stage. It was really great. Uh, he played a lot of good uh, blues tunes, Led Belly, uh, Blind Willie McTell songs. Um, very funny guy. And then uh, Dr. Walker got on stage with Soul Dead Brothers. Ben Swank got behind the drums. And uh, they're kicking ass in there right now, so... Wow, really nice. So you're outside now. Are you going to head over to the main stage to stake out your spots for the Rack and Tours? Uh, or how are you? Right, right now we're going to head out to the main stage to stake for the Dirt Bombs. First. Oh, yes, They're okay. They're 3.30. Great. Uh, but we're going to fill our water bottle first and uh, try and relax a bit. And, uh, yeah, we'll check back in with you later. Yeah, good. All right, James. Well, thank you for the boots-on-the-ground reporting here. That's just the kind of crack-delayed reporting you're going to get here on the Third Men podcast. And uh, <laughs> we will uh, check back in with you later. Have a great time uh, watching the Dirt Bombs. That's going to be amazing. Thanks. All right. Talk to you later, Paul. All right, bye. we got a whole mess of bands on the bill today. <laughs>
This is a honey bear. Ben Swank and Ben Blackwell, please. There they are. Before I hand them these pins, which we've never handed out before, the 10-year third-man service pin. I make these in my basement, by the way, by myself. Before I give these out, I want to make an announcement to everybody. Today's a special day. Uh, after 10 years of incredibly hard work, and even longer that I've been working with these gentlemen, they are now co-owners of Third Man Records with me. They are minority owners of Third Man Records. And it couldn't go to any more harder working, incredible people. I love them so much. 10 years, thank you so much. Okay, we're on, we are back with James reporting in live from the Third Man Records 10-year anniversary party in Nashville. It is later in the day. James, how were the Dirt Bombs? Uh, dirt Bombs were fantastic. Uh, Mick was going nuts. He got the guitar behind his head playing over there. Co was fantastic. They had uh, Troy Gregory did great work. Um, they had Ben Blackwell on drums uh, losing his mind. Pat Pantano <laughs> out there losing his mind. Uh, it was fantastic. So we saw them, uh, got to meet Troy Gregory. That was really cool. Our um, last, uh, our last uh, conquest. <laughs> yeah, I didn't did not mention the podcast, but uh, you know, you know how that goes. Um, and uh, so after the dirt bombs were on, uh, we had the Craig Brown band. Oh, after them. yeah. How was the Craig Brown band? They were fantastic. Um, all right, so we were standing by the backstage entrance of Third Man uh, while Craig Brown, band, Craig Brown Band was playing. Uh, they did a great job. Ariel really likes Craig Brown Band. Um, she's here. You want to say something about that? Oh, yeah, I really like them, but they, they dropped the F-bomb way too much. So this, I don't know if you got that, but uh, right now, Allison Mossart's on stage DJing. Wow. 
Uh, Lily Mae just got done with her set. Uh, she's got a new album dropping, uh, and oh, there's Ben Swank. Hold on, one second. Hold on, one sec, Paul. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try and get a picture with Ben Swank. Hold on. Wow. Okay. So, but so you saw Lily May. Yep. Uh, so Lily May did great, great stuff. Um, and uh, her new material sounds really, really good. Olivia Jean, she was outside. We got to say hi to Ben, uh, Brendan Benson. We got to see Patrick Keeler. I didn't get a chance to say hi. Um, let's see, who else did we get to see? Uh, um, oh, uh, and we, we were standing in line for Thai food uh, when uh, right in front of us, uh, Pokey Lafarge just pops up, looks in the cart, asks if they have any food. They only had spring rolls. And Pokey turns to us and he goes, they only have spring rolls. <laughs> and I go, oh, oh no. Um, I, and I pointed to Ariel. I said, well, I also said, Pokey, can, can I get a picture? He said, sure. I said, Ariel needs food. She's pregnant. And Pokey put his hand on her belly and, like, blessed the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, so uh, we're, we're currently awaiting the Raconteur's debut on the stage. So, uh that's fun, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been really great so far. Uh, ben Jenkins is here. I haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. what? Some highlights from the Dirt Bomb set. Anything? Any super memorable uh, moments? Yeah. Yeah. Chains of Love was great. Um, they were they were on their A game with that. Uh, Mick Collins opened the set with "We haven't spoken to each other in eighteen months. Let's see how this goes." And cracked <laughs> right into it. <laughs> for the audience and so they, they were rocking and doing like a really good job but the sound wasn't like amplifying so we could hear the drums and we couldn't hear them singing um but uh at a certain point they stopped the song and make uh, everybody's shouting at Mick that the sound isn't on and he just goes they shout to the audience we'll just have to sing twice as loud then and then cuts right into the next song <laughs> uh, it was good really really good set really hot they were in the middle of the day so it was like 3.30, and like, in the heat of the desert sun, one might say. Yeah, yeah. It is like 82 degrees here, um, and uh, the sun was directly beating on them. So Wow. Yes, really good time. Were they the ones all in black? Yeah, they were the ones all in black. Ariel asked if they were the ones all in black, <laughs> and uh, they were, and how, they were sweating bullets. Yeah. How was the new, what was, how was the new Lily Mae material? Uh, it's really, really solid. Uh, she's on guitar a lot more, it seems. Cool, cool. Uh, Rather than fiddle, she only brought out the fiddle like twice, I think. Wow. Um, but yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, 
she ended it with a uh, like a traditional fiddle tune, and uh, I got to record some of that so we can play that. Yeah. Can I get a picture with them? <laughs> you could tell they were walking yeah. fast. They were, everybody's kind of walking fast into the backstage because there's people like me who are hanging out next to <laughs> Now, oh, Here's Todd Albright. I'm going to see if he wants to say something. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think uh, I'll... Uh, catch back up with you when uh, the Raconteurs play, after they play. Wow, well, tell me all about it. I can't wait to hear, and uh, we will check back in with our men on the ground in a moment. Okay, sounds good. Okay, just to introduce myself, I'm Jack White's mom. One of my favorite bands, Raconteurs.
thank you for coming to everything that you've come to at Third Man. All the records you bought and all the records you played on the radio. The records you played for your little brothers and your sisters. God bless you. The records are thank you and I thank you too. Well, Third Man Records celebrated their 10-year anniversary here in Nashville with a big event today. The celebration featured performances by several artists, including the Raconteurs. It was the first show, by the way, in eight years for the Raconteurs. Tennessee Brew Works created two locally crafted beers to commemorate the record label. Over the past 10 years now, Third Man Records has released nearly 600 records and hosted hundreds of live shows. It feels very, very special. I think it evolved way beyond our uh, original expectations, and you can see how dedicated everybody is. There's, there's more people in line for the store than they are lined up to watch the band, so that's pretty, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> now the Rock on Tours are expected to release an album later this year. Okay, so I have traveled all the way to Florida, the tropics, the subtropics, a subset of the tropics, in order to track you both down who have been traveling a great distance from Nashville to Pennsylvania and all over this great United States. Some say the greatest. I've heard you say not the greatest. We'll get back to that later in the interview. James, why do you hate the United States? Um, well, here's my manifesto, point by point. Um, well, uh, yeah, we've been trying to evade Paul, and it has not been working. And we've recently got back uh, to Pennsylvania uh, after seeing the Rack and Tours. Uh, we did not record uh, right afterwards, so this is us recording now. And uh, Ariel is with me. Say hi. Hello. She says hello. <laughs> yeah, so now we're in the jungles of Florida with one person who hates America. Ariel, how are your, what are your thoughts on America? I'm going to take that as, a, as an agreement with James. We, I'm sitting in the jungles of Florida with two people who hate America, and I want to know all about the Third Man Records 10-year anniversary, and this is going to double for Mom and Dad who are sitting here who I don't think have heard the story yet. So this is all going to be meta for them. As two people who hate America, what was it like traveling to Tennessee to see the Third Man Records 10-year anniversary party? Well, we were in the uh, the, the the heat of the Desert awful sun. awful American. So I don't know. I don't like this hates America <laughs> yeah, character. Well, where did this? Come yeah, Paul. Why do you know. hate? Why do you hate America where, so much? Where did it come? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last we checked in, we were waiting for the racks to get on stage. Um, we were waiting by the back entrance, the friends and family section. I got to meet a lot of people. I don't remember exactly who I told you I, we got to meet, but we got a picture with uh, Olivia Jean, who uh, was, was very gracious and took a photo with us. And uh, I got to meet Daru Jones. Uh, he actually took my camera because he said my selfie skills were terrible. And then he <laughs> took two selfies of me and Daru. Uh, so that was fun. I got, uh, you know, I think I met Ben Swank. Got a picture with Ben Swank on the phone with you, with you, Paul. And That's right. That's right. Yeah, a few others. Uh, Carla Azar met Dominic Davis. Uh, a few others. Dominic's son. We met Pokey. We met Pokey Lafarge. 
I don't know if we told that on the. I think show. we did, but tell, say it anyway. It's fine. Uh, sure. Yeah, we uh, we were standing in line to get some uh, Thai food, and all of a sudden, uh, someone runs in front of us to check on the menu. Uh, apparently, the Thai truck had run out of everything but spring rolls. Uh, Pokey turns to us and says. They don't have anything but spring rolls. And I go, are you Pokey Lafarge? Well, I didn't say, are you? I said, Pokey Lafarge? And uh, uh, asked if I could get a picture. And he, I told him how much I loved his music. And I told him Ariel needed some food because uh, she's pregnant. And those spring rolls will do just fine. And he then reached out his hand and blessed the baby. Uh, <laughs> and then he apologized for touching the baby. And he said, I hope that's okay. I said, no, it's fine. I was just completely caught off guard because this is the first time anybody has ever actually reached out to really? touch my belly. Yes. Wow. And um, it was pokey. That's so, <laughs> so it was both confusing and exciting in a way. Yeah. Um, but I think he read my reaction as, oh, she didn't want that. <laughs> right. I think it's... Uh, but anyone who wants to bless the baby, I mean, that's that's good. Yeah. Blessings think, are good. I think asking permission is... is the general rule of thumb uh and pokey felt bad and he saw that you may have been upset but you weren't and just caught off guard yeah you know no one's ever actually done that (laughs) yeah it turned out great uh uh really cool to see him there in line yeah so then we uh we we got to the mission stage we were about midway we stood in front of a tree to watch the the raconteurs uh they came on stage it was great. They uh, did a pretty... It seemed short. The set seemed sh- shorter than normal. Um, I saw the set list online. It was a pretty varied uh, set list. It looks like they played some from Consolers and some from Broken Boy Soldiers and some from the new album. And it actually shocked me how little of the new album they played because in the subsequent Blue Room performances, I think they just played the whole new album start to finish. Yeah, that's what I've heard is that they did start to finish the new album then did a set of one album or... Uh, either Consolers or Broken Boy Soldiers kind of varied in the mix, depending on the night. One night was Consolers, one night was Broken Boy Soldiers. But with us, we got mostly Consolers, although they did do Hands, and I think they also did Broken Boy Soldier. Played for what, an hour? It was like an hour. Yeah, so, yeah, it was about an hour. That is a short set. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they opened with Consolers. It was great. I got to hear Hey Jip for the, before they released it. That was a really cool set. They did a fun little solo there that I uh, I think Tam points out in the Thinking Persons group that uh, that solo was probably unintentional. And Brendan was about to start singing and uh, Jack then continued playing a solo. And Brendan had to remind him that the next line is, uh, <laughs> buy me a sugar cube. <laughs> now, you also got, speaking of forgetting things, so this is like the first time they've played live in a long time since the 2011 shows all together. So one of the things I noticed was how but Brendan like forgot every lyric, every verse except one on Now That You're Gone. Well, it's funny. Um, <laughs> and he kept laughing. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty funny because at one point after they played Old Enough, Brandon goes to the audience and says, how do we sound? And the audience cheers. He's like, good, because we haven't played this in 10 years. Uh, So so, uh, clearly they knew that they had some kinks to work out. But, uh, you know, it seemed like they were... They were getting there. But everyone was still having fun with it. I mean, everybody was just excited that they were playing. And it was cool because it was an outdoor stage, too. And they started at, like, 7, so the sun was going down at that point, and they had a really cool light show going with everything, too. So it was pretty neat. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't like Boarding House Reach tour kind of 
excess show. It was like your typical concert, dry ice and you know lasers and spotlights and stuff. But it, it worked well with the new color scheme. The green was really prevalent in the show, and they're doing using you know copper and green seems to be the scheme. Copper obviously is a traditional one, but. Yeah, the green is, is new and goes with the new album cover. So with the other new songs you saw, Help Us Stranger, I, or Help Me Stranger, rather, mm-hmm. and... Bored Sun- and Raised. Bored, Bored and raised, raised, and Sunday Driver. Yes. We had heard Sunday Driver before, so uh, Help Me Stranger, I really like that song. It's got, I think that one's going to be maybe a favorite of mine on the record. I hope it gets a little... I hope it's crazy on the... I hope the production yeah. is really crazy. I hope the production is consoler of the lonely level on that one. Yeah, I'm interested to hear how that goes. People who saw the Monday and Tuesday shows or who heard the whole album said be prepared for some for some crazy solo stuff. You know, Bored and Raised, uh, I think, was a hit for me. I don't know if I connected with Help Me Stranger nearly as much as I thought I would, at least in the beginning. So I'm curious how I'm going to feel about that on the album version. Sunday Driver, I loved live. I wasn't sure how I felt about it, the single release. Yeah. But live, it seemed to work really well. Around when they started playing some of the newer material, we had moved towards the back of the mission stage parking lot, mission parking lot. Which had nothing to do with the pregnant woman having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, we we were trying to get some ease of access for Ariel, um, which uh, the good thing about the show going on is that there were no lines at the bathroom in the actual uh, Third Man Records bathrooms, so that was good. Apparently the men's room has a toilet on the ceiling. That is not the case in the women's room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, we were, we were standing in the back of the parking lot, and standing back there with me was Carla Azar. No one really going up to her, which, is, I mean, obviously she's enjoying the show. Daru Jones is back there. Everybody's just in the back of the parking lot watching the stage if you know if they weren't up at the friends and family section i know daru was back and forth a little bit and carla was just standing back there dominic came back with his son and was you know walking through the back stage area i said hi and shook his hand and was like i'm from the podcast and somebody took a picture with him and i just decided to leave him and his kid alone because it seemed like he was trying to get his kid either to the bathroom or somewhere else (laughs) so i didn't want to bother him too much but yeah it seemed seemed like a lot of people were standing back there. seemed like a good time. Yeah, even the people who were back there were still being very attentive to the show and, and watching. It was an interesting event because given what we were celebrating, everybody who was there really wanted to be there. Yeah. It wasn't like you had people who just got these tickets to this thing yeah. and didn't really care. Everybody was very into it. You had a... Because we were at the front in the beginning or at least closer to the front. You get more of that experience of everybody around you singing and chiming in and responding to what they're saying on stage and everything, and you don't get as much of that in the back. But even though we were in the back, there were still... It was a little different because you had people who were equally as into it, and maybe you couldn't hear the response of the crowd around you, but people were dancing and moving, and, you know, they were equally as excited just in a different way so it was sort of neat to be in that environment where uh it was just a, enough space to have those different things going on there was the the crowd in the front the grassy area in the middle the kind of parking lot towards the back and yeah, yeah all um that. which reminds me that it wasn't 
Broken Boy Soldier that he played, it was Steady As She Goes, and he got the crowd to do Are You Steady Now, uh, which was Ariel's, I think, first time hearing Jack ask Are You Steady Now, because she was singing along. I've never seen her do that before, so that was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know some of the things. I know, I know, but uh, yeah, that was was nice. Uh, And the, the new material, like Ariel was saying, people were getting really into it and really excited for it, so much so that when I was waiting for Ariel to come back from the bathroom, they were about to play Bored and Raised, or I think it was Help Us Strain- or Help Me Stranger, uh, and they said, like, we're going to play a new song, and then I was standing just by myself, and some girl walks over, and she goes, is this new material? And then they start playing it, and she goes, it's new material, and she hits me on the shoulder and goes, look at that, new material, and then walked away, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> that that person, were- Meg White. <laughs> <laughs> there were some interesting folk. Yeah. Oh, and it, it's worth noting that, uh, I mean, Jack's mom introduced the band. Um, I like her. Yeah, she's she came out and said, uh, "Here's one of my f- favorite bands, the Raconteurs," and and introduced the band, and it was uh, it was sweet to see that because we had missed that at the Little Caesars Arena show his, at his Detroit homecoming. Yeah, but we got to see a little bit of it there. We actually saw her coming out of the friends and family section. I did not run to get my picture with her because I didn't want to tackle an old woman. Um, right. now, <laughs> spe- now, speaking of friends and family, you know, as you may have noticed, this audio has a lot of ambient family sound on it. Yes, and that ambient family sound is coming from everyone. Literally, everyone has been to Third Man Records here except me. <laughs> <laughs> And so... Including Algebra, the dog. Yeah, the dog has even been there. <laughs> so what I want to know is, what was the experience like actually going to the store? Was it like... I got the impression it felt like a little bit of like... Almost like a street fair. Yeah. Was it the... So the, give me the... Give me both. Give me what was like in the store and what it was like just generally. Was it like a street fair vibe? Um, yes, James. Tell him what it was like in the store. We didn't go that to the I st- wanted to go into. We didn't go to the store. <laughs> you didn't go in. Because the he line. didn't want to wait on the line. The line to get in was longer than the line <laughs> to buy stuff. Like it was. It, the line to get in the store was huge. And. You know, which is good. I, I know uh, in the huge. in the yes, it was. It was. <laughs> it, it was a very long wait to get in there. He doesn't like lines. I have pictures of it. We'll put those up. It's a long line, and even uh, even there Ben Blackwell like in the in there. the ten year uh, recap, Ben Blackwell even says like we have uh, like an hour long lineup to get into the store, which is great. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's great for you. For me, I can't get in there. We did poke our head in. We did get to peek in. They yeah. had that. Um, what was that photo booth thing? Yeah, they had Jake? a they had like a 360 photo booth that was actually. To, you go into the backstage ex- entrance to the Blue Room to go to this photo booth, which is open to the public, but then they have, like, a bouncer next to this curtain that everybody's waiting for. So you could really, theoretically, just stand by the photo booth and just wait for people. We didn't, obviously, mm-hmm. but... Naturally. So we, we got ourselves a, a 360 photo where you can kind of, like, spin the photo around you. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, kind of like they did in um, uh, Sunday Driver. And yeah, so it's, it's a festival vibe though around there. They had some print shops that had done assorted third man posters in the past, uh, setting up shop there. They had some vintage clothing stores, a lot of local businesses selling like guitar straps, handmade guitar straps. They had uh, four different kinds of food trucks there. Pizza was one of the options. Thai was one of the options. Pokey Lafarge apparently loves the Thai food. Um, <laughs> 
because somebody else had noticed Pokey in line for the tie earlier in the day, too. Hmm. They had the mission stage, which is where half the bands were playing and the DJs were playing. And they had the Blue Room section where we can wait to try and get into the Blue Room, which has a very small max capacity, so the line for that was pretty long. Mm-hmm. And the Blue Room had some good acts in it. Aside from that, there was, there was they had Third Man Records-specific 10-year beer that people brewed for them. We did not partake in that. I was trying to avoid alcohol that weekend, but yeah, they came in some cool cups. Nice. They had a war stick station, they had the rolling record store. Yeah, it was like a big one block radius of celebration going on. So pretty neat to see everybody there kind of converging on one point. Well, that is very cool. And I'm glad you guys had a great time. And I think we might uh, kick it to our third person this week, James. We're going to be back with part two of our interview with Brandy St. John. Brandy will be talking a little more about her dealings with the dead weather and Jack White solo and her own music as a singer, songwriter, performer. Her musical act is The Long Wives. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be uh, listening to some of that and we're going to get into it again with Brandy and then, yeah, we're going we're gonna to kick it to her right now. What do you say, James? Uh, I say that's a good idea. Ariel, any final thoughts? I zoned out when you said we were finishing. Great. Uh, we will <laughs> kick it to our third person. <laughs> That's a good transition into uh, into the dead weather stuff. You did some great costume work for the Die by the Drop music video during the Sea of Cowards photo shoots and things. This seems like, uh, I, I, Paul put it here, uh, the have fun type of project, which it's, that has, has to have been a blast to have taken part of because those costumes are wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were, like, every project was really fun like that because it was really talented and creative people all getting together and throwing out ideas and being inspired by each other's ideas and then trying something and then being inspired to try something else. So, you know, always being there on on the shoot day was really important for that as well um, to kind of just bring ideas. So that really was, like, Floria Sigismondi is the photographer and director who directed the video and shot the album cover and she's incredibly talented and she and I like really connected because we're super goth and um (laughs) so I met with her at her house in LA and showed her some of the pieces that I had found and she was really excited and she had you know a lot of sort of images of what she wanted to do for the day that she had shared with everyone and so we all sort of went in kind of knowing that we wanted it, like, I was really interested in this idea of different time periods and different areas of the world and what darkness looked like in those sure. different time periods and different areas of the world. And I really like things that are so eclectic that pull from so many different resources that they become their own new thing. 
Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to have a lot of different elements from different places and time periods and meld them together and create something sort of new that you sort of recognized but didn't recognize. But it also sort of created a feeling of like darkness. Sure. Sometimes there's like an Aztec-y kind of vibe, but sometimes there's like a Victorian sort of vibe, but then sometimes there's like a Toulouse-Lautrec French <laughs> kind of vibe, and it sort of blends yeah. all into this extremely creepy, ghostly package. Die by the Drop video and an album cover. I, I think it's my favorite of Jack's music videos just because it's so beautifully orchestrated just on every level. So kudos to you for that. It's a really amazing job. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of like Maya Darren influence, who's a really okay. old filmmaker um, that, that made this sort of surreal film. Floria sort of brought that influence in. And then I was like re- really interested in like this sort of like a druid, but also like dark priest and um, voodoo priest sort of imagery. Mm. And then there's a lot of like really drapey, sheer sort of fabrics on Allison. And then just like the way that the light and smoke is playing and then the, the like lights in their mouths and yeah, just like the tricks of the makeup and things like that. So everyone just got to really think about what interesting things we could do with this sort of idea of like darkness throughout time and, and different places. And it was really fun. And then, but there's, there's also some humor there too. Um, I think the, al- oh, yeah. the album cover, especially Dean's wearing a sort of like silver <laughs> metallic jumpsuit. Um, right. <laughs> and, and that again, it, it was always, there was always a lot of really fun energy on set of like, Oh, I'll put this on. This is so weird. You know? Yeah, those, those are some of my favorite images in my portfolio because it really was just, let's just do some really visually interesting things. And I got to mix a lot of like textures and like different fabrics, which to me creates a lot of visual interest. Yeah. And it was all, you know, we all had such a similar aesthetic that it, it just really worked so well. Yeah. Dead Weather almost comes with kind of a built-in, like a lot of these bands that you worked with with, Jack, White Stripes, Raconteurs, Dead Weather, you kind of ran the the gamut of his later career. They all had kind of a built-in idea or theme or aesthetic that I guess you could hook into and and make something out of. But for Jack's solo years, there wasn't really a 
predefined sort of look for that, maybe at least right away. You were responsible for styling him for some of It Might Get Loud and for the photo shoots for the Rome soundtrack. So that's sort of his earliest kind of forays into being a solo artist. Was there an aesthetic that you or that you and he crafted for that? Was there a, a North Star in terms of the direction of the style? I mean, not necessarily. I think Jack from long before I met him, was very drawn to suiting and sort of classic old bluesman style. Um, Mm -hmm. So at some point he, you know, when he'd lived in Nashville for a while, we started making clothing for him that was sort of like a Southern dandy thing. And that, you know, that idea obviously originated with him as they all did. Um, So... I think that's kind of where it might get loud came from the sort of like old bluesman thing that he'd always had. A lot of the overalls, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then or the even the suspenders. Suspenders, thank you. Yeah. of Errol Flynn. Um, (laughs) We were always like really inspired by film um, and old films and old actors and and things like that. I mean, one of the things that I think, one of the reasons why I don't really consider myself a stylist is because I, you know, I don't really care about fashion. Um, I care about interesting concepts and the way that you know, something's communicated through wardrobe. Mm. Um, so uh, my influences have always been like film and really iconic rock stars like David Bowie or something like that. So we would always sort of like pass images back and forth of, you know, like old films and just really cool old photos that we'd seen. And so something about Errol Flynn came up around that time. And so then I think maybe that was sort of a starting point but um you know everything always evolved from a starting point to whatever it was meant to be Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i I certainly can't say that i would take any credit for the way his sort of image ever evolved um like i said he was he always had a pretty clear idea of like what he wanted and then it was just about like well how can we make this as cool as possible you know as interesting and unique and as special as possible like i said i I wouldn't want to work with someone that was just like here i am put something cool on me (laughs) you know like that's not very interesting yeah it's a collaboration yeah yeah um the most interesting projects i've always worked on have been really really collaborative and people that have really pretty good ideas of what they want and then we just go about making it really really great 
Yeah, it stirs itself up into something bigger than one single person could ever make. So you definitely can claim some credit to it. Uh, not, <laughs> maybe not all, but it's it's the it's it's great. It's there. Yeah. So we want to talk a little bit about the music that you create in your project, The Long Wives. And I noticed in a lot of the music videos and things, there's a lot of old sort of creepy film stuff going on in the backgrounds of these songs. So let's talk a little bit about your transition from styling artists to performing as one yourself. And how did The Long Wives come about? Well, I was in a band um, as a singer, and that fell apart as bands do with like six people in them and so then I just decided to start playing and writing my own music which is definitely the way to go and so I started playing guitar and writing songs and that was you know 2009 Mm -hmm. so around that time I had just met Karen O and she'd been a really big influence for me to start making my own music because she had a MySpace page for a project that she at the time was calling Native Korean Rock. And it was the songs that she wrote and recorded on ukulele, like, uh, which would later become her album Crush Songs. Mm. But there were these really short, stripped down songs that were like, you know, a minute or two. And it was just a woman and, you know, this acoustic instrument and they were really really beautiful when I heard them I thought wow I think I can do that and so it really inspired me to just pick up the guitar and start writing my own stuff and so it was really only about a year later that I met her through Patrick Keeler Mm -hmm. and she lived about three or four blocks from me in Echo Park so Patrick was like you should hang out with Karen she's super cool I'll introduce you guys, and we met, and then we just really hit it off, Um, and we started hanging out all the time, and I told her the first night I met her, I said, you completely inspired me to start writing my own music and playing instruments. That's great. Yeah, and so later when that album came out, it was like a couple years later, she and I were driving around, and she was like, should I put those songs out? And I was like, yes, you should (laughs) definitely put those songs out, because you will inspire more women to to become songwriters the way that you inspired me and she was like "Mm, okay that sounds good so she did release it and then she wrote me a really nice note on my copy of the album about that comment being really sort of um inspiring to her to put the album out into the world so just completely an honor because she's one of my favorite artists of all time too writing um, as I was becoming friends with her and she would listen to my songs and she'd be like this is good this is good keep going keep going and then after 
about a year or two, I started playing piano, and that was really a huge breakthrough for songwriting, and I definitely always recommend people learn how to play piano. Yeah. And then, then the songs just started getting a lot better. And then, um, so I sent her one, and she was like, okay, you're ready. We're going to record these. And I was like, what? And she was like, <laughs> she's like, yes, come out to New York, and, um, and Nick and I are going to, we're going to produce a single for you. And, you know, that's like probably one of the greatest moments in my life. I mean, for real, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, you know, and there were these these little, like I said, these little sort of wispy songs that I was writing that were really short um, and just me and a guitar. And what I would do is I would write, it was weird because when I, you know, I started writing later in life and so I, I think I had like all of these songs like pent up inside of me. And so I, yeah. I was writing like three songs a week for a couple years and I knew while it was happening I was like I'm never going to be able to maintain this level of output like this is mm-hmm. this is really special like it's not going to always be like this but so I would write I'd write a song and I'd record it sort of like as I was writing it and then the first take that was like decent I would share on my um, SoundCloud and Facebook page so they were really rough demos but there was like this immediacy to them and intimacy because they Mm -hmm. were so sort of like new and fragile that to me made them much better than the later polished versions I could do so that was kind of a struggle for me because I really you know I really liked that intimacy and that immediacy of those sort of rough demo versions. And then I would rehearse the song and and make it more polished. And I would feel like it was just sort of flat and I didn't like it as much. So I always ended up releasing the demos. And I've never re-recorded any of those songs. with the yeah yeah yeahs are the only sort of like polished professional um versions of my songs i just really like those the ones that sound like they're about ready to like fall apart any minute yeah. like there's just that element of danger you know um for the listener that that kind of keeps you uh, on your toes so and i would share them you know literally like 10 minutes after they'd been recorded and that that immediacy was really really exciting and interesting to me because people really liked my music in Europe you know like Greece and Germany and France 
in England, and they would blog about it and, and write about it. I had read that you did this online, and I was almost, when I read it, I like my stomach sank, or because I, I would have, had that been me, I would have been terrified of the feedback, I think. So that's really brave of you to just sort of get out there and do it like that. At the same time, I sort of, I 100% understand what you're saying. I'm a visual artist. And so when I'm sketching something, sometimes a gesture comes right out of my head. And then when you polish it, the gesture just feels a little stoic or wooden or a little less personal. You know, the same can be said about a song, you know, the immediacy coming right out, the emotion or whatever is creating the song that gesture is a little more fluid, a little more dynamic sometimes in a demo version yeah, uh, rather than polished. Yeah, and I was really fortunate that the response was really positive, which is surprising for the internet. <laughs> mm, yes. I don't think I ever saw anything negative, which, like you're saying, is pretty rare because there were definitely like loved guitar parts and you know i'd hit an off note yeah but I, I think i also read that you said something like that stuff gives it texture right like that stuff gives it personality yeah yeah um you know i kind of have a message about it on my band camp and it just says you know that's this is the most accurate reflection of me right because that's yeah. that's me as a person like i i'm flawed but i'm very sincere you know so that's what those songs are to me. They're like the most sincere versions of themselves, but they, they're definitely not perfect. So I like that. Yeah, well, we, we both agree with embracing that texture or personality. Uh, you know, it, it makes something seem a little more real. Yeah, and all the baby noises I'm sure will sneak through the editing process will attest <laughs> that we are not scared of flubs on our own. <laughs> Let me tell you. I would just want to say I really loved getting to know your music a little more. Uh, the Freeze and the Thaw was just, I, I loved that song. I was just, I was humming it all day. I really loved it. kind of sounds that that you got from your collaboration from Zinner and Carano on Dark Horse that this sort of this windy synth and it's kind of hypnotic and you know all your music has this sort of haunting quality but as you say also sort of a tender quality to it at its core so there's this wonderful dichotomy in your songs that I think is really ultimately really really effective thank you thank you very much I think the the term wispy is a good way to to put it. Yeah, it's, it's wispy, like a ghost and, little things. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you're saying, like all of the imagery uh, is sort of found imagery from dark films that I have been drawn to over the years, like Jodorowsky films and Ken Russell's The Devils and um, right. And I just really like the idea of like putting together audio and visuals. So I really liked making found footage videos and sort of like timing them up 
to the song with like a mood and yeah i'm forgetting the name of the song i think it was forgive me it was like bury me and paint paint me white or something like that oh yeah yeah um painted white yeah that's a that's the jodorowsky film alejandro jodorowsky film Um, because i was watching that and i was like wow (laughs) like there was something deeply disturbing about that dude painting that person in a grave yeah, yeah, that's a that's an intense film and that song is clearly inspired by that film. A lot of my songs were the Freeze and the Thaw was inspired by the Ken Russell film that the video shows. I think if you watch a really strange film and it makes you think about something, I like that. So I, I like I was just in this period of a couple of years where I just watched every weird bizarre film I could possibly get my hands on and then it would make me think about things um, and then write about them and and that was really um, generative for me yeah well that's wonderful we love your music we love everything you've contributed to the artists that we've grown to admire over the years so thank you for that and and really thank you so much for joining us on the show today this has been a really really great conversation if people want to find your music online or if they want to find some of your styling portfolio is there a place they can check out do you want to anything to plug Brandy? i don't know that i have anything to plug but um yeah i do have all of my sort of wardrobe portfolio is on my website brandystjohn.com and then my music is on available for free on Bandcamp um, and streaming on SoundCloud. And then there's a Facebook page as well called The Long Lives. We encourage all of our listeners to uh, go out there and, and give it a listen. Uh, it is great music, and you are a brilliantly talented artist. And uh, again, thank you so, so much for, uh, for joining us today. Thank you. All right, back to the show. James, here we are at the end of another fab episode, and I love that you know exactly what is in this one. It's like I was here the whole time, Paul. I I have certainly shared all the materials I included in this episode with you in advance, Uh and you are coming into this conversation right now knowing exactly what the structure is. My brain has never been so full of knowledge and curiosity you never know where these episodes are going to take us and you literally don't know where this episode has taken you cannibalistic tendencies so you know at least one thing that's in here (laughs) we would like to thank brandy st john for appearing with us on this episode and the last episode it was great to talk to brandy hopefully we'll have her back on the show again to talk uh more stories and stuff because she really has a treasure trove of stories in and around the third man universe Mm -hmm. it's astounding and (laughs) she was great and had some great stories especially loved hearing that she was behind the skeleton i know that was the last episode but it was great having her one of my favorite stories and yeah everybody check out the long wives if you haven't yet and we didn't even get to the pearly suits never even got to the pearlies yeah Never even got to him. Well, I am happy we got to the Sea of Coward stuff because that is some of my favorite costuming true, and all Jack stuff, true. and that is all her. We'll have to have her back on. I am going to ask for a signed bonnet, I think. Um, don't. 
Okay, well. Uh, Ask so, for a signed feather. She has one of those. I really want to make a habit out of <laughs> rousing you from slumber and slapping a microphone in front of you. <laughs> All right. James, before we get to the rest of our thank yous and such, we would like to kick it here to some of our regular listeners who happen to be in attendance with you, James, at the Third Man Records 10-year anniversary celebration. That sounds fantastic. Yes, it does. And as we heard earlier in this episode, that was a that was just a great time for everybody involved, and I was happy to have participated, albeit on the telephone. Mm. And James, uh, I just want you to know that the dogs you don't know about, Jasper and Clasper, say thank you, and you will eventually find out what that means when this episode goes up. I've been wondering uh, what those two hounds have been doing in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Eagle-eyed listeners will recall those were the names of the two southern gentlemen we used to embarrass ourselves at the front of the Ben Blackwell interview. Oh my god, I forgot about Jasper and Clasper. (laughs) How could you forget about such classic characters, James? Uh, as easily as I forgot about Johnny Liberty, Paul. Well, here's a couple of classic characters coming at you right now. Let's take it away to our listeners. Let's do it. Everyone creating is a member of the family. That was certainly true at Third Man's 10-year anniversary celebration. All the family was there. Everyone in Jack White and Third Man's orbit seemed to be there. Um, Some in spirit, most rocking it out on the stage. From Jack's Detroit garage roots to his current roots he's setting in Nashville, everything was represented. But family was definitely the word of the day. As everybody knows, Jack's mom introduced the band. Then it was the little things like the kids hanging out around the stage, watching their dads rock out. Uh, Brendan doing a Fortnite dance-off with his son who was standing in front of the stage. Um, I mean, and can we talk about Lily May and her siblings doing their dueling fiddle guitar mandolin thing. Holy cow. Whoa. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. They jammed for like 15, 20 minutes, it felt like. Just absolute beautiful, beautiful jam session between the three of them. You could tell they were having fun. Same with the raconteurs. It was like they were up there. Yeah, they're all working, but man, they just looked like they were just having fun. Absolute fun. Happy to be there with their friends and family. It was really something special to be a part of. Um, Getting to share it with my third man friends and family. Um, All those fellow fans that make it to these um, events. Um, Well, try to get together. Happy to get to see each and every one of you. Didn't see James, though. What is up with that? That just means he's got to come back to Nashville. Paul... I think you're still a poser, but I love you guys. Hey, Super Sleuths, here's one for you. Who is Jack White's guitar wrangler? I swear this guy's got to be a parkour runner. He's all over the place. I mean, they switched out his pedal board in the middle of the tour set with a backup and then brought it back out, problem solved, whatever the problem was, for the encore. 
I'm gonna need my third man super sleuths, aka the K Brothers, to get on that. Thanks for everything you do, guys. Love the podcast. Catch you on the flip side. Wiggins and here are some of my thoughts on the 10th anniversary celebration at Third Band Records on April 6, 2019. We were pretty excited to hear about the event and when I say we, the friends that I stay in regular contact with about Third Band Records related um, information, but we were excited and we all got our tickets and made the plan to go. It kicked off with a bang for me and three other people and our plus ones as we were the lucky winners of a tour with Ben Blackwell which I thought was a little crazy because it was kind of a hectic day and the fact that they decided to add that to it I thought was really magnanimous and I really appreciated it because we had an amazing time with him. He was super amiable, he answered lots of questions, he kept asking us to ask questions, Um, he loved to share his encyclopedic knowledge of everything uh, Third Man Records related and beyond. He is quite knowledgeable and we all know that, but it was really evident once you get to talk to him one-on-one in person for a while and that was a really special treat for me. But I think one of the things that really stood out for me, and this is just completely aside from the music, was meeting up with old friends and new that I've um, encountered along the way in my experiences going to Jack White concerts um, in the last few years, starting from California to New York to Ohio to Chicago to places in Detroit and and Grand Rapids and different uh, locales where I have experienced wonderful shows, but part of that is the time we spend in the line waiting for those shows and over the years I've gotten to know some really amazing people um, who have become friends beyond just being fans of Jack White and Third Man Records related things. We've had great times together and that was kind of, this was a big party for all of us to share. And on top of that, the staff at Third Man Records were so amazing. Everybody was excited. They were all happy. They were enthusiastic. There were smiles everywhere. They, it, it just was a big fun party it felt like. And I never felt like I was in this oppressive type of festival. Sometimes it can get really crowded and it was warm, but we had such a great time uh, just hanging out with each other that it didn't even matter. Um, that it was hot <laughs> that day. I was actually grateful for the uh, the sunshine and not the rain, which would have been a little bit different to experience, but um, that was one of the big things that I really remember from that, is just that time together with our friends. And I unfortunately didn't get to meet all the people I was hoping to meet that weekend that I've gotten to know on social media groups, but um, you know, we'll find another time where we get to do that. <laughs> and I will hopefully will be able to meet more of these wonderful people that I've gotten to know online and beyond. 
But aside from that, the music, of course, the music, this is why we were there. It was all about the music. Wow. <laughs> um, because I had the tour, I kind of ended up being limited to being outside um, for the outside shows. The Blue Room line, by the time I came out, was super long and it was going to be really hard to get into any of the shows in there. I was hoping to go back and forth um, originally, but that that was fine. When when that happened, I was I, I got it. Um, but I really enjoyed the time I got to spend um, outside watching all the music that I got to see too. And I think the Detroit Cobras were the only act that I have not yet seen live. And so hopefully I will get to see them see them in another uh, venue and another place but everybody else that played inside I've been able to see before in the Blue Room um, I've seen them in other places so the music that I got to experience was all outside on the main stage and I was really really excited to get to hear these fantastic DJ sets um, which were a bonus heard some really great music I love that I think it was Allison, who, Allison Mosshart, who threw some really great Latin music in there as well in her set, and we got to hear a lot of fun stuff um, amongst the four people. I think it was Joshua Headley, Margo Price, Carla Izar, and Allison Mosshart, who all threw some really great songs at us in between sets, and I got to hear some new music that I had never heard before. I hadn't ever heard of Teddy um, and the Rough Riders, and that was really great that was a great that was unexpectedly a wonderful show the dirt bombs blew me away of course it was even with some sound difficulties that they had they had a lot of fun and they sounded great and it was a wonderful um experience craig brown lily may they never disappoint i love seeing them we got to experience the um service pins that Jack handed out and got to be there when they announced that Ben Swank and Ben Blackwell were now actually official co-owners of Third Man Records. And they're the longest employees that have been there with Jack White, um, 10 years. Um, and now they get their uh, wonderful reward for all the dedication and work that they've put into this amazing company. But. Overall, it, it really was just a fun experience just being with everybody and seeing how happy the staff from TMR were. You could just, you, it, it was just, there was a lot of joviality, I guess I could put it that way. There was just a lot of fun experience there. And then, of course, to cap the night off with a performance of the Raconteurs, it uh, was my first time seeing them, so that was really special and then Jack White's mom introduced them. And it sounds like out of all his iterations, this is her favorite one. She loves the raconteurs. And so she was so adorable and fabulous in introducing them. And that kind of embodied the spirit of what I see in Third Man Records. It's like there's so much family involved. Um, that is so important. Even though this company is big and the, the influence that you see feel from it is it's pretty broad it's still intimate and familial and that was really I thought that was such a great way to introduce the reunion the, the new um, raconteurs 
experience and I was really excited to be a part of that and to be there for that and they didn't disappoint. It was quite a show. We were <laughs> really kind of crazy about all the new music and of course they brought out those old favorites that we got to hear and it made me excited for the tour that was coming ahead which was announced the Monday afterwards so we have a lot of shows ahead of us that we we're so excited about but anyway that was one of the best experiences I've had musically I, I will have to say and I was so glad to share it with some really amazing friends and that was I think a great way to kick off the new Raconteurs album. So that's kind of my experience. Thanks. Hey, Paul. Hey, James. Uh, it's Vito here. Man, the uh, 10th anniversary of Third Man. That show was just so amazing. You know, I, I, I got your message about um, asking people who listen to the show to tell their stories and everything. I figured I'd send mine in. Um, yeah, uh, me and my really good friend Carl Butterball, we <laughs> drove up from Texas. Um, you know, we... Had the long trek there, you know, drove my little Honda Civic. It was real nice, good gas mileage. But um, yeah, so me and Carl, we came up uh, to Detroit for the uh, 10th anniversary of uh, Third Man Records. Uh, saw some amazing shows. We saw uh, the Raccoon Store playing uh, their first album, Dodge and Learn. Uh, that was awesome. That was super good. Um, uh, Meg Black was there uh, playing drums for the White Stripes. That was great. Um, yeah, uh, who else? Uh, Lily Lily Bay Richmond was there. She she killed that fiddle as always. You know, great time. Loved every second of it. Uh, Carl Butterball and I really bonded a lot more than normal. Um, yeah, we got real close. Made some made some uh, memories that we'll never forget. You know. I, I wish I could have seen. Uh, wish I could have seen you there, Paul. Me and James hung out a little bit. Uh, yeah, um, great time. Um, thanks for letting me tell my story, guys. Hope, I hope you hope you get to come to the next one later. Well, James, we've come to the end yet again. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's for real this time. Yeah. Well, some say that the end's the beginning, and the beginning's the end. Yeah. And James is the Lizard King. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention I've been roused from slumber? James, I think we have some people we'd like to thank. That's right, Paul. We would like to thank some of our listeners. A couple of people who are who are with us day in and day out, such as Amy Hart, the heart of the operation. No right opinion for you here, so go away. Yvette Wilkins, Wilkin on Sunshine. And uh, let's go with uh, Jeremy Riles, keeping us on those rails. Yeah, do we have one for uh, Shaken, Joe, Joe Shaken? I don't think so, but he should be added to this. Uh, how about, uh, Joe shaking all over? Joe shaking all over. <laughs> 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 
Can you type that out, James? Well, I've left my skin and am only bones now. <laughs> Do you really not have one for Joe? No. Josh? It's Josh, right? It's Josh. But he goes by Joe Shaken. But it goes by Joe. Uh, Josh Aiken all over. Uh, and thanks again to Josh and uh, and his, his lovely wife for letting me and Ariel hang with them during the tenure. It was a great time. Me and Ariel had a blast, and let's do it again sometime. Yeah, and we'd like to thank some new listeners as well, such as Michael Geddes. Thank you, Geddes? Geddes. Geddes. Guinness. Michael Geddes. Michael Geddes. Get us out of here, Paul. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Michael sent us a nice email, so that was very nice of Michael there. James, we never thank our Tumblr followers, so I'm going to do a Tumblr thing here. Uh, all the new people following us on Tumblr, thank you. We have Renegade7878, so that's very nice. Let's8023. We have Redhead Senorita. Oh, looking dead with... I don't remember the rest the of the head list. and the, the keg. one white eye candy cane black, black ice eye. black ice black sugar straw sugar cane <laughs> we have Ellen Yace we have Musacopia we have Las Locorea Las Locorea I'm starting to understand why you like watching me do these <laughs> <laughs> Brienne Elizabeth Ritter's house. We have Jack White, Black, and Red. Wednesday, Adams is my spirit animal. So many Tumblr followers, James. That's too many to count. There's a bunch of Tumblr followers, and thank you all for following us on there. And and if you'd like to get a shout-out on this here show, uh, you can do so by going to uh, such places as Facebook on our page, facebook.com slash thirdmen. You can follow us on Twitter. That's at thirdmencast. You can get your Tumblr shout-out uh, here <laughs> if you go on <laughs> our Tumblr page. That's thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com or our WordPress page, thethirdmen.wordpress.com. You can send us an email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. You can feel free to send us some listener questions. We'll answer it. You could send us whatever. Just say, hey, maybe. We get, we get some hey, of those yeah. sometimes. We like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could also find us on Pippa. Pippa is our show host. Pippa hosts, hosts our, show. our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you could, you could search the third men on Pippa. Uh, they are great. We love them very much. They've got... <laughs> we love you, Pippa. Uh, they've they've helped us immensely with their analytics. <laughs> they've helped us immensely with their analytics, and it's helped us get on Spotify and other other such platforms. Paul is <laughs> amused by my uh, my James, undying James. love and affection <laughs> for Pippa. <laughs> I just I started shipping you and just the concept of Pippa. Um, I I imagined like a candlelit dinner. <laughs> And one of you was just having way too many rolls. It's just me and an iPhone propped up in a high chair. <laughs> James has never used the service. <laughs> That's how he imagines people use Pippa. <laughs> on an iPhone propped up on a high, high chair in a restaurant. 
Oh, what a beautiful uh, evening. Fun. And you can search for us on YouTube, uh, where I do some visualizers <laughs> and animation stuff, and uh, we post some some videos. Uh, that's third. Just search the Third Men on YouTube, Third Third Men podcast on YouTube, and you'll find it. YouTube is a lovely service. <laughs> this is our messiest outro yet. <laughs> I love YouTube. And speaking of messy outros, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Any rating and review Should we? Help. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. Should we run a new contest, James? If someone leaves us an incredibly sloppy five-star review, just nonsense. Slop it up. Just lives, yeah. loves the slop. His father if was a mutter. Born in, His born mother was slop. a mutter. If you leave us a completely nonsensical <laughs> review, but it, it but it is also five stars, and then you send it to our email, thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com, and just let us know your name and where you want your swag sent, we will send you swag. So it's got to be complete it, nonsense, but it's five stars. It'll be a at least one quick sketch of Carl Butterball's visage. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. James will draw something you hate. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get a little bit of swag and a and a signed sketch of Carl Butterball mailed to your front door. If you leave us a sloppy, sloppy <laughs> five star review, I can think of no sloppier reward. And James, uh, if you would like, you know, we're going to do a listener questions thing eventually. So if you'd like to send us one of those to our email or social channels, we'll make sure it's answered on the shows. we got a couple of them in the queue here. And as always, we would like to thank Sam Kubert and Tom Valenti for the help in the recording of our theme song, We're the Third Men, as well as Susanna Roundtree for the lovely intro and outro of our program. And James, next week we got something pretty exciting, and I don't know if we should spoil it here. Mm. But mm. should we spoil that it is going to be an extended interview? I guess I just did. <laughs> yeah, well, that that should be the spoiler. I'm really excited about next episode, and uh, you guys are going to love it. Yeah, stay tuned, and I guess until next episode, James, I'm going to be looking for a home in the slop. Oh, man, I'm going to be looking for a home in uh, one of two states and i don't hate america i just want that to be <laughs> happy birthday third man records 10 years Woo! Woo! for more information or to contact the show visit the thirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com also visit at thirdmencast on twitter and search the third men on facebook see you next time Bad at this, huh? It's not well, it's not going well. Okay. Uh can yeah, sure. Uh we've been trying to evade Paul. It has not but this is distracting. <laughs> <laughs> that cottage cheese. This is 
It's good stuff. Um, yeah, so we... Uh Another another swish. <laughs> I was I, asleep on the I, couch. I really want. Yeah, we Thrill have house. Jet. Mm. I'm getting the flashbacks to the McElroys at the red carpet. Uh, you have no idea because I am super nervous about all of this, but I got a little bit of wind. Todd looked a little annoyed. It's fine. <laughs> amazing uh, <laughs> yeah no she she was good save hey james <laughs> maybe maybe we don't include the sexuality thing I'm speechless. We all are. I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts yesterday and today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do. Or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6 dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello, the lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.